Good evening, everybody. This is Barbara Buchanan's Girl Speaks Podcast, and I am so excited to be recording uh, again once again on tonight. Thank you so much for supporting uh, the Buchanan Girl Speaks Podcast. Um, I'm excited to have this young lady on tonight. Um, she uh, has been on before, but uh, we're actually uh, bringing her back to talk about a very hot topic that's uh, been kind of been uh, surfacing on um, social media. So without further ado, I want the audience to uh, be introduced to Ms. April McJunkins. Hey, thanks, April. <laughs> hey, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is April McJunkins, and I am a native of Corsicana, Texas, uh, born and raised here. Um, I am a freelance photographer, as well as a creative director and a wardrobe stylist uh, here in Corsicana. Um, I also, until up until the pandemic occurred, um, I also um, was giving, uh, giving back to my community uh, by actually having a community dance team here in Corsicana. So I also am married. I have a husband and two children. Um, and that's just about it. <laughs> okay, so April... I wanted to bring you on tonight because on uh, last week um, we got a chance to uh, to have a conversation. You were taking, you did a photo shoot, uh, a photo shoot with me, so or you know of me, and we got kind of in a conversation about a topic that I have had once before on. Uh, we talked about on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it's um, it's a topic uh, about um, high value men and. Uh, high value men and then also uh you know conversation about black women and how high value women some how, how some men see black women. And so I kinda uh, got the conversation from a gentleman that's on YouTube and his name is Kevin Samuels and um he's an image consultant and so um I had you listen to one of his YouTube discussions and so when you so I kinda like paraphrased the discussion based on my version and I said, well, why don't you listen to it to see what you get out of it and so then, like, the, you listen to it I guess at night and then, like, the next morning or day, you text me and said, you know what, I'm I'm kind of you know, kind of, like, in agreement with some of the things that he's saying and so I was actually, I was actually, like, shocked because, you know, when I when I paraphrase the conversation about what I heard, when I when I paraphrase what he had said, and then you were like, "Oh no, no," you know, you had all this like, you know, you had your, your I guess your defense mechanisms came up, and then I was like, "But some of the things he's really saying has some truth right. to it." Right. So, so tell the audience about what you and and, and and audience, you can you can actually Google him on YouTube. And you can get your own, you know, you can listen to it and you can get your own, you know, I guess thought process on what, on some of the topics he's talking about because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put my feelings about him on you. So, April, when you heard his, and you, when you heard the, the, the first, uh, I guess the, the conversation of what he was talking about high value men and black women, what, what was your thought? Well, first of all, like you said, um, originally when you gave me, some of what your summary and what you took from it. Of course, being an African-American woman myself, based on those highlights, I kind of took offense as I feel like, you know, based, like I said, based on the commentary that you had, your highlights, of course, I jumped to a conclusion, which is what a lot of us are kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> what we kind of do oftentimes. Uh, but what did, I, what did I say to you? I was like, well, let me listen to it myself. Because especially when you said, you know, that you kind of agree with him. You know, I looked at you like, what? Um, but, but you are somebody that I, you know, actually look up to. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if Barbara, you know, may have seen some, you know, some sun in that little cloud that he sprinkled or what I heard, I was like, I can at least give him a chance. And that's one thing about me. I, before I, you know, completely disagree with someone, I do at least hear them out. And so I took your, well, you, took, you sent me the link. I followed the link, and of course, I'm not going to lie, I went in with a pre, you know, pre-assumption that I wasn't going to like it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I had gotten, like, midway through, and I think it was, like, at the one hour point, because it was, like, two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I got into the, like, one hour mark, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to wait. Let me message her, 
<laughs> and let her know I know it's late that I was listening. And I was like, let me let her know. Like, dang, I'm listening to it. And he had some very valid points, you know? So um, the part that I got out of it at the beginning up until that one hour part is that he pretty much, you know, those preconceived notions that you have, he pretty much said it. If you are those type of women who are running, like, we're not even talking about the celebrities, you know? We're not talking about the celebrities. We're talking about the people that are actually in the workforce. We're talking about people like you and I, you know, um, we're not, we, I don't want y'all to get on here, you know, with all of that, you came from a black woman, so how dare you? And I was like, well, that's another preconceived notion that I had in my head. So pretty much he cleared all of that out and said he wanted open-minded people, right? So I went in, and I was like, you know what, I'm going with an open mind, you know, I don't have to agree with everything he says, but at least try to hear him out. Right, so that's when I kind of, when he got into the point of uh, pretty much setting the tone, you know, letting everybody know, hey, he pretty much to me, from what I got, you know, he has a really big following, and just as many people who may agree with him, there's a lot of people that actually follow him that disagree with him. Right? Yeah. So pretty much, you know, he still had a mouth though. So like I said. Um, he pretty much, uh, the part, the overall premise that I got is that he's saying pretty much know your place. That's what I, <laughs> that's overall like what I got. You know, most people when they hear, you know, when they hear the word, uh, word you know, know your place, that's kind of demeaning. You know what I'm saying? Belittling, yeah. you know? But it's just the fact of if, if you're wanting, when he said high value men, he pretty much described the high value men of men in the upper echelon. You know, men who pretty much have had to fight, you know, through many obstacles to work for and get what they want. You know, men who didn't have things handed to them. Speaking of African American men, right? Yeah. He talked about African American, which I could agree with him. You know, I have African American sons. I have African-American husband, I have African-American brothers and cousins. So I understood, you know, as a woman, I'm just not like programming to, pro, you know, women to where I don't think about men. Like, how could I be that way? And I have men that I love, right? So I had to hear this man out that's also a black man. So he pretty much spoke on something basically saying, you know, how can a black man who pretty much faces six times the amount of trials as any other man in another way? I agree with it. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I could agree with him. Like, they have to jump through hoops. You know, they have to do the bar is constantly being continuously raised for African-American men and women. Right. So I agree with him on that part. He did not get on there. And to me, he didn't in no way, you know, or uh, pretty much talk down on black women. He was just specifically talking about the ones who wanted that type of man but couldn't understand why that man didn't choose them. Yeah. Right? So I was like, oh, okay, so this is where he's coming from. Yes. He's pretty much saying, like, if a man has set a goal for himself, who are you not to you want him, but you don't want to respect what he wants? Yes. You see what I'm saying? That's just like yes. going on a job interview. You can go on a job all day long, but if they think you're not qualified, on to the next person. Regarding the uh, the high value man, the, even the black man, I wanted to give some specific some stats out that he has mentioned in some of his some of his uh, his discussion. He's saying that fifty one percent of the the fifty one percent single childless black men. So it's fifty one percent single childless black men. Okay. And then he also is saying that um, eight out of ten black women are overweight. So 80% of our black women, 80% of our black women are, 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 are obese. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so basically, you know, he's trying to have the, have a conversation, have a conversation, have a conversation about, uh, about black women, about why, you know, you know, we're either, you know, not able to attract, you know, high, let's just say high value, high value men. And so, when we say high-value men, what are we saying? We're saying men that uh, have, you know, college degrees, they're, uh, they're up in their, you know, their salary, of course, they're up in their um, whatever. $300,000 Yes, yes. yes. And so um, those men that are there, they're not able to find, you know, black women that are on the same level. If they are on the same level, they're not making they're not making themselves available, available to 
those type of men, you know, because, you know, our society, think about it, April, our society has built this, I guess, this culture where, you know, we say boss lady, boss lady, uh, you know, BCEO, you know, you know, uh, you know, being in charge of this, in charge of that. And so now we've built, we've, we have built a culture of women, of black women that are so high up there, then where are the women that are, so you know, wanting to be homemakers, you know, be you know, you know, married, you know, have a family and all that. Where are those women at? Uh, you want me to speak on that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so he talked about it. He talked yeah. about it. Um, so one of the topics, one of the things that he did was he actually let callers, like I guess his listeners, mm-hmm. he let them call in, um, and one of the ladies uh, who called in. Uh, actually, at the point that I got, had gotten to, she was 23 years old, uh, 22 or 23 years old. Um, she had just graduated college, I think, in accounting or something like that. And some of the questions that he asked her, he said, well, okay, you graduated. Okay, you got your accounting degree. He asked her, um, where does she live, right? She said that she lived in Miami, Florida, right? Okay. He asked her uh, how much money. It's her rent, right? She said eight hundred dollars. He laughed, right? Yeah. He laughed. He said eight hundred dollars, right? He then went on to say, "Do you want a man that takes care of you, right?" And she said, "Well, yeah, but I mean, I would help." He said, "That's not what I asked you." He specifically said, "Do you want a man that takes care of you, right?" And she said, "Okay, well, yes, right." So then he goes on to say, says, uh, okay, well, a woman that's in accounting, you can make up to anywhere from 80000 to $95,000 a year, right? Yeah. He also went on to say that if you were to leave your job, that means that the man that you are with has to make at least $300,000 a year to cover your salary that you don't get because you're at home. And then if you add children into there, do you want children? She said, yes. He said, how many children would you want? Because men still want children, you know, of insulin, right? Yeah. So he, he said, how many children do you want? She said, two children. She said, okay. Well, with that being said, you need to add on how much it's going to cost for a kid. He said, people don't think about how much children cost, yeah. right? Yeah. He said, to live comfortably for yourself, your spouse, and your children, each child is at least $200,000 in expenses if you're living, you know, if you're with somebody yeah. in the upper so he started fitting numbers, and that's what made me say, okay, well, this man, this man did his research. Because the first thing that I asked you was, okay, well, does he have, like, is, is he a doctor? Like, does yeah. he have a doctor degree? Like, what? But he still has done his research, and I was mm-hmm. fitting numbers. So to answer your question, where are they, right? He also asked her, did you grow up in a two-parent household? Are your parents married she said yes they're still married to this day he said okay well do you have any other siblings she said yes i have a brother and he's older right she said her brother is in his 30s he's married i mean she has her whole family dynamics i mean he went deep right he said okay so he went on to ask her when you were growing up he said would you say that your mom raised you to be a wife right Right. And she said, yeah, I think so. And he said, okay, well, if you think so, let me ask you a specific question. He specifically asked her, okay, so coming up, did you fix your dad and your brother's plate every day? Did you cook for your brother and your dad? And she said, well, no, I used to do it on the weekends or something like that. He said, okay, well, did you clean up after your brother? And she was like, no, it was a shared responsibility. He said, well, right there, that shows me that you want ways to right be, to be a wife. That's right. You weren't raised right. to be a wife. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I wasn't raised to be one either, really. Yes. You know, I saw married yes. people, but I was not raised to cook for a man to, uh, I mean, I was raised to do those things for myself. Yes. You know, so in my mind, it wasn't a problem to have a mate and do that for us. But at the same time, I wasn't taught that. And that's when he went on to, I think, I believe, said something about women in other races are taught that early on. They will tell you that they cook for their dads. Even if they had brothers, they cook for their brothers. They did all of it. It's pretty much like they were taught what their place is in a man's life. 
So when you deal with a lot of African-American women like myself, I actually spoke of this earlier today. We were raised, I was raised in a single parent home. Yeah. With just my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt, all females. No male role model at all. So coming up, which I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get to that later, yeah. about uh, what do you call it, the hot, what do you call it, the, the hot spot, what did you call it, the age group? Yeah, the danger zone. The danger zone. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna talk about that later. So I got to thinking about. I'm like, well, I got actually got with my now husband. Me and my husband have been together for ten years, right? Uh-huh. Okay, we both come from a, a single parent, you know, background, right? So of yeah. course we have to fight through obstacles and different things like that because when you grow up in a single parent home, all you know is if my mama can do it by herself, I can do it by myself. So if we're going to be together, you're going to respect my ind- my independence as well as we're going to come together with dependence. So you got the interdependence going on. But if you're a female like myself, I can only speak for myself. If you're a female like myself, of course, my dad's still living in all of that, but because of, you know, situations between my mother and himself, you know, they separated. So I never got to experience that one-on-one understanding what it's like to be in a home with a male, right? Until I got into a serious relationship with my now husband. So you can just imagine of having that mindset of submissiveness, right? Yes, yes. Like you hear about it, but you never saw it. All you saw were, uh, grow, all I saw growing up was women doing everything. You know, women doing everything. So that's where yeah. it kind of stems from. And that's where we have the breakdown of the family unit because Yes, yes. I, so we have a society where we don't have the two-parent home anymore. And so, mm-hmm. like you said, you have a lot of young people, a lot of kids are growing up in these homes where they don't have a two-parent home. They don't have you know, a mother, a father. And so they don't know how, they don't know their, their, their roles. And so they don't, know, they, don't know, they don't know their roles. And so they don't know, like you said, what, it, what it's like to, you know, to cook for, you know, cook for, you know, the wife cooking for the mm-hmm. father. You know, nope. or, you know, or doing, you know, the, you know, the doing the, just to say the household duties and all that. And that's why you have a broken system. You have a because broken, it comes, a broken it, system. Right. Because it Family. comes, because even when dating, it seems yeah. like it's more of a conditional thing. Yeah. If you do something for me, I'm going to do something for you because yeah. there's no way I'm going to do more than you. It becomes a competition. It becomes yeah. that type of thing. Like, I make the same amount of money you make. Yeah. As a woman, I might make more money than you. So... Uh, or if you pay, if I have to pay half, and, and you pay half, then we're going to split half these shares. You know, so, that's the type of thing that's going on yeah. now. So, so how do we, so how do we change that mindset? Because that is the, that is the conversation he is trying to have because we have, yeah. on, we have continued to go on, you know, uh, talking about, you know, this. And so how do we, right. how do we, how do we change the message? How do we, we change it? I feel, I feel like, I feel like it's going to take women to listen to a man that they actually honor and respect, you know, a, a role model that they see. Because when I look at Kevin Samuels, remember, I asked you, I said, brother, is he married? <laughs> and what did you say? He was divorced, right? Yes. He was a divorced man. And my thing is, you have to have willingness to listen, like like how quick I was to jump on it real quick because I felt like I heard that before. You know, like, who is he to tell me that I can't have that type of man or is he, right? But then he got, but me personally, if you really want something for yourself, you, and like, and one thing that he really did say, Barbara, that I feel like is necessary, how can you want somebody, right, but you don't fit the bill in what they want? Right? right. So basically, if an upper echelon man tells you, okay, I got all the bills, but I need you, because one of the things he asked her, he said, how tall are you? The girl said, five, two, right? He said, how much did you weigh? Men are physical, first of all. Yes, Men right. are very physical. Uh, they look at your appearance first, right? right. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have slim men who like plus size women. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Like he said, we're talking about men at the top. Because even men who may be overweight, even men who may be overweight and making millions of dollars feels like they need a woman that is a size zero. Yeah. It's all about perfection. If yeah. I'm a man who can buy everything that I want, my house, 
my cars, my properties, whatever, I should be able to say what type of woman I want. Right? right? So if you are that type of woman that wants that type of man, and like he said, he understands that we live in a day where it's not just men and women dating. You have women and women dating, men and men dating. You know, he understood. He said he was talking about specifically the heterosexual relationship. And he right. basically said, if you are a woman, he said, I'm talking about the women who want a man, a high-value man, right? That is the woman that I'm talking about. He said, you can sit up here and say what you want all day long, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the man that you are seeking wants this. And if that's not what he wants, it does not matter what you want. He does not want you. So the answer to that is, just as well as these men research, they don't have men don't have to research what they want. They already know yeah, what they want. That's why you see them going from one woman to the next woman because that that woman no longer fits the bill. He has money in his pocket. Money attracts women anyway. He does not have to go out and look. You have a group of women called groupies. That is their profession. That's what they do, and they don't have to work. Why? Because they learned what that man likes. That man does not like a woman to challenge his authority. That man does not like a woman to tell him how he does things, right? Like, that's the type of woman that he wants. So if you're the type of woman and you say that that's the type of man that you want, anything outside of what he wants, if you don't want it, then you don't want that type of man. That's what I have so you have some men, some of these, some of these high value men, and um, I have, I've had a conversation with, some, with you know a couple of them, and they they're saying that as black, some black women, they're, they're just not po- approachable. I mean, they're like, mm-hmm. you know, stuck up. You know, they you know they they look down on them, and these men are like they're wanting to date black women, but mm-hmm. you know they're not approachable. So how do we get away from that having that that I guess that attitude and. I mean, how do we how do we learn how to be? I mean, I don't know, not really soft, but just approachable. It starts at home first. Of all. But it, it, it starts at home and your surroundings, your surroundings. Because but if you got a broken home, if you got a broken home, mm-hmm. if you don't have, if you're not, if you don't have a mother or, or somebody to teach you that, how do we change? You know, and so now, and we think about it, April. We got we have young ladies that are coming up. If their mother is so strong-willed, or you know, uh-huh. you know that single parent well, home, how do you break that? How do you break that cycle? Well, break that cycle? well, let me let me speak on this first and foremost. All right. Now, even though we talked about all that we talked about, you mm-hmm. know, it's not just the girls who grew, the black girls who grew up in single parent homes that's having this problem. It's the girls that came from married families as well. That's like it's not, it's, it's, it's not just it's not just us. I'm gonna just put it to you like that because I fit the bill of someone who grew up in a single parent home, right? That mm-hmm. I've I've been with my husband for the last ten years. Okay, That's so. women who grew up in a two parent home. Some of them have never been married, or maybe on a maybe a divorcee, right? Okay. So, so do you consider yourself a submissive woman? A submissive wife. Submissive woman? I'm a, I'm a submissive, submissive wife. wife. What is submission? Submission, right? Submissiveness is someone who's submissive to God first, right? Yes. Amen. Okay. So <laughs> I follow submissive in that matter. If you follow God, I consider myself to be a submissive woman because my husband follows God. Right? But the moment but the moment a man takes his eye off God, I'm gonna follow God. And so you can just live together. Yeah. I mean that's just how it is because in a relationship it should just really be you, God and your mate. That's it. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are external forces that influences people. Because yeah. whether I've been together with my husband for ten years, we're still young. We've yeah. been together since I was twenty four and he was twenty three. Right? So, with that being said, like, we've already beat the odds. Yeah. <laughs> already. You know, so, just like Kevin said, he said, yeah, I don't want people to get on here and say, well, you're talking about a broad number of people. He just simply said, this is a broad cast. I want you to come through, and I want you to have an open mind because you're on my phone for a reason. That's right. You're wanting to know for a reason. So, with that being said, I told, I literally came home and I talked to my husband about this. I said, I wish I had a male figure whether I liked it or not. Yeah. If it was introduced to you early on, you really didn't have a choice. It was just a part of your upbringing. That's right. right. 
But since it wasn't introduced to you, now that you're an adult, it's hard to unwire something that's been wiring you for whatever. Because we pretty much, we are, um, we mimic the things, you know, that we saw. Yeah. Pretty much like we like model behavior. Pretty much we model the things that we see. You know, if a man isn't doing certain things for me, he makes me feel a certain type of way. I don't have to do this for him. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that we saw. So to me, the only way that I see that is first and foremost to admit that it's an issue. Admit that it's an issue because you're not getting what you want. Because I have seen women who wait on men hand and foot. And a man still plays them. Like, yeah. literally, I still see that. But we're going to stay on his premise. Yeah. He, like you said, he's a matchmaker. He match, you know, he puts people together. Uh, if you don't fit a particular profile, you're not even going to be presented to these men. You're not. You're not. And another thing that he said is this. A man that makes upward $300,000 or more, even if you are a woman that makes the same amount of money as him, He's going to look at you as competition. Yeah, that's so, right. So how do you remain submissive and y'all make the same thing? That's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how do you? So to me, it's about your influences. And another thing that he talks about, he talks about, like I said a few minutes ago, the external forces. He said, who owns the mass black media? Who? Yeah. And people got to get it's women. It's yeah. black women. Yeah. He said we yeah. sitting up here blaming black men yeah. for going and dating white women, but it's the black women who own media. He said, yeah. Oprah, uh, uh, who do you uh, who do you got it? Uh, what's yeah. her name? Um, Mona Scott. Yeah, Mona Scott. She owns uh, the franchise of Loving Hip Hop. He said, why is it? He said, why is it that they aren't putting out positive black couples? Yeah. Why are they constantly put? Why? Because y'all like that. Yeah. That's the stuff y'all like. That's what yeah. you're attracted to, and it's making that money. That's so right. he's right. So right. if you take that on a, a smaller scale, look at the women that you're surrounded by. Are the right. women that you're surrounded by submissive? That's if right. none of y'all are submissive, if none of y'all are submissive, that message isn't going to tap into y'all. Y'all right. all are going to be sitting around miserable, yeah. right? Yeah. Like he said, the mass media 
that we tend to watch is owned by women. It is not the, when you think about uh, the Bill Cosby growing up, when you think about family, when you think about all of this stuff, it was males putting out positive that's influences. Right. That's true. Now, it's the that's women true. putting out the that's negative. So that's right. why there's a big difference in why girls don't listen anymore. It's because of who's running it. Even when you think about who has more small businesses right now around here in Coast County, Black women. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're seeing. So especially if their parents and their relationships didn't work out with their children's fathers, they feel like they can do anything. If I got this business off the ground, I'm now making $100,000, $2,000. I need a man when I want a man. Only. You know? Yeah, but, but, so let's, so then let's talk about the danger zone. So, okay, 27 to 35, you know, that's considered, you know, the danger zone. So when you pass 35, like you said, you you just pretty much gotta take what take whatever. Take whatever. Unless uh, because unless unless you are with someone that you possibly could have dated early on, you know, and you matured yeah. a little bit and you come back. Because I say that. Because sometimes it has a lot to do with maturity. You know, yeah. maturity. Like if you are if you are only wearing a like if your paradigm doesn't shift to where it at least lines up with the person that you want, you're going to be missing out. I mean, you're going to be lonely. You're going to be dealing with that. And that age group of 27, like I said, by the age, like I literally, because of what I thought marriage was to me, I thought it was something that really didn't exist, really, in a pure form, you know, because of what you see, right? So I told myself, oh, I don't even see myself getting married. I mean, that was some of the things that I said. Until you met someone, right? who lines up <laughs> with what you see yourself as. And it's just like, you know what, without a question, I can see myself marrying this person, right? But what about the girls who grew up and marriage has always been the goal? Yeah. I see that because by the time they reach 30 and they're not married yet, they feel like they fail. Them are the girls who, that's what they base their life on. Mm-hmm. They can have kids, or, or if they don't have kids. If I don't have kids, if I'm not married, if I don't have my own house, if I don't have all of these things, I'm failing. Yeah. Right? That's the type of thing that I see also. So, like you, the zone, the, the 27 to 35, yeah, 35, right? 35, okay. the zone. That's what's considered the okay. zone. So, how do right. I, so, so now that we, we, you know, we're understanding, we're starting to have the conversation, and I hope that mm-hmm. even, you know, how, you know, even with, you know, your, you know, your message that you have, with you know your conversation on you know on on social media, is that we start having the conversation because we have to continue. We have to. My thing is we have to have an open conversation about really what's you know what the, the issues that we're having. You know we mm-hmm. you know we can't continue just 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 scale over it and it under the rug. I mean we're yeah. having some serious issues because we are having a, a breakdown in our family units. I mean, our, it's our a young, problem. You know, it's a problem. It's, it's a. a, it's a, it's a I say it's an epidemic. You know, because I have sons. I have sons, right? Yeah, you have sons. I have sons, and I'm thinking, like, but I'm not feeling in my children. I want them to be with somebody who works just as hard as they do. That's right. You know, especially if I'm raising them up to treat women right. Yeah, or you might, 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 you because we have other women, we have other women in other cultures. Yeah, I'm just saying other cultures. I know, and I know you know some that they don't mind being stay at home wives. You know, they 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 stay at home. The husband, you know, works. They stay home. They be the they're, they're the PTO moms. They do all this stuff at home, and so they don't mind that. You know, it's just that we. And, as, well, and, we okay, what well, else they don't mind, Barbara? What's that? What okay, well, else they don't mind? They don't mind infidelity. Yes, sir. But I do. Yes, Hello. But I do. Because just in case, just in case something go on, I need to have my own money to pack up and go, bye. Hello. Uh-huh. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, 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 it's like,
if we do say that's what we want, why we look at a gold digger and a white woman on? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's the part that I have a problem with. Like, yeah. it's a problem for me to put a dollar sign on the type of man that I want. Yeah. I'm looking at a gold digger. Why you can't get out there and get your own money, this and that? But uh, a white woman can. She has a degree like me. She has a degree like me. Probably could make just as she. Uh, you see lawyers and doctors all day long. But Leave so, their jobs for so, men. You know, so getting back to what he was saying, I just think that. You know, he's looking at the fact that, you know, we, we have, we have, you know, broken that, that, broken, I guess, the, the mm. family unit. You know, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not in home. We're we're not, no, no, we're, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, before, yeah, so uh, before we, you know, get ready to close out, because I'm going to give you a chance to give you a shout out, I, I just want you to say, just, uh, just say a, you know, a couple of words, a few words of just, you know, his encouragement you know, to our black women, to my young ladies. Because I want us, I want us to continue just to spread this message that we need to have a conversation. We need to have a hard conversation. I know, you know, you have your, your church, you know, the church community. They're talking about, you know, the different, you know, ma- you know, marriage and all this stuff like that. And but we have to have the conversation on, you know, why are we in the situation that we're in now? Because we are, we are pretty much at an epidemic. We're an epidemic where, you know, where, you know, it's. 20, 20%, I think 20%, 20%, 20% of uh, African-American women are married and then 80% are divorced. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and they're initiating a divorce. You know, so, uh, so, so, so say something, I guess, you know, anything that you want to say, you know, regarding, you know, anything that you want to say is encouraging to our black women and to our young women out, out there in the listening audience. Okay. Um... First and foremost, I would just say, you know, uh, be realistic <laughs> in setting your goals in all aspects of life. Stick with it, right, up until it's no longer comfortable. And what I mean comfortable is if it's if what you're wanting, it's okay to make adjustments, right? That's what I would put out there. And I would also say, like you said, we've kind of gotten away from uh, the core values of what a family is, of what a wife is, of what a husband is. We don't see those examples anymore, right? So I would say for especially those young ladies that are in the, what's that, danger zone? Yeah, 27 through 35. 27 through 35. If you are 22, 23, 24, you need to examine yourself, right? Examine yourself to where when you do, uh, uh, make yourself dateable, right? Yeah. Make yourself dateable. Make yourself approachable. Hear people out, you know? Don't jump to conclusions. Hear people out. Read more. <laughs> Listen, I would just say read more, yeah. right? Uh, if you are, look at your environment. Gauge your environment. Is your environment toxic? Are you in an environment that actually feeds the the positive things in life? Are you in an environment that um, basically supports the goals that actually help you get to the outcome that you want, right? So I would say pretty much position yourself. Position yourself to where you don't have to go look for a man. Position yourself so that a man finds you. Right? So a a man finds you, a man basically uh, uh, dates you and marriages his goal, not just yours. That's what I would say. And I would say instill it in your kids. If they skip you, you know how much damage and how detrimental it was to you and your life as a young adult. Why wouldn't you start with your children? Why wouldn't you try to break the cycle and teach children or learn how to work things out if you are married, you know? Learn how learn how not to be selfish. If you are in a relationship, you should not be out here procreating with people you don't see yourself married to. I say that to men. I say that to men, first of all. And then women, at some point, we have to accept that responsibility that we didn't know those things before we laid down. I'm just being honest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, it might sound so raw, but it's the truth. And then if you are in a marriage, right, quit looking for a scapegoat. Quit looking for external sources to fix problems you created. Yeah. Fix them yourself. Quit looking for family members to fix your stuff. Quit looking for friends to fix your stuff. It's okay to seek counsel, but don't seek counsel who doesn't have an objective state of mind. Yeah. Like, you know, seek counsel before it's too late. Because what I have seen, Barbara, is a lot of people who shoulda, coulda, woulda. Seven later, seven later words. 
uh, set up her and, you know, may have gotten divorced, you know, from someone. And then years later, they hated because guess what? Now I see where I went wrong. Yeah. If I would have just forgiven that person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I would have saw my fault, you know, because it's not just one-sided all the time. Sure. Like That's you true. said, find out what your man wants. Find out what the other person's love language is. Mm. Everybody's love language is not buy me, buy me, buy me. My love language is just, is just spend time with me. If you got some good time, give me some quality time. That's, I can make my own money if that, that's not a problem, right? If that's your state of mind. But time, my time is just as valuable as my money because that's something that I can't get back. So what I say is so that you don't have regret about the decisions that you made. Stand firm in that, but also have ownership and responsibility on your part. So if you knew in the beginning that your man is a very visual man and he likes for his woman to be a certain size and this and this and that, you can't get mad at him. That's right. <laughs> if, he, if you know up front that's the type of man that he is. Yeah. Right? But I also found where it also you can't be a, a, plus, a plus size man. <laughs> right? Making a certain amount of money and your woman make more than you and she makes the same as you and y'all have this understanding in the beginning that it's a we thing it's not just a you thing it needs to be a shared responsibility so if you're a plus size man right? How can you harp on your woman who was once petite and got chubby? She was okay with you being chubby am I okay? She looked past that you don't know what her taste was before you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it goes it goes both ways. Yeah. It goes both ways, if you ask me. But just to talk about what what is that Kevin Samuel talked about, yeah. I would just say I learned my lesson, you know, because I jumped to conclusions yeah. based on uh, just the little bits and pieces that I got. But when I heard him out, I stuck to the topic. I didn't make it about me. I made it about his I made it about his topic. Mm -hmm. I made it about his topic, and he was very valid on his topic because it is true. Yeah. You know, it might not include everybody, but if it's true, right? If it's true, and for the least amount of space, it actually affects you, why would you not hear him out? Wow. So, wow. so that's what I take from all of that, you know? Ownership, responsibility, listening, you know, all of that. My husband used to tell me all the time, you just don't listen. And I tell him, I hear everything, I hear everything you're saying. <laughs> He's going based on changed behavior. That's yeah. what he, when a man yeah. talks about listening, he's talking about changed behavior. Yeah. And, you can tell, and you can tell when a man loves you. Yeah. You can tell when a man loves you because self-conviction. You convict yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. that's something that, that's something, if you tell yourself, well, dang, you mature enough, if my husband did that to me, or he talked to me that way, or he didn't do that that way, I can put up with that. You know? You gotta be realistic. So that man must love you some type of way if he don't put his manhood to the side and understand, like, Lord Jesus, I love this girl so much, I let her say that, or she don't listen to me the way I want her to listen to me. Communicate. Yeah. A breakdown. Communicate and be right. open to the fact that something you're doing or not doing is why it's not working. Mm -hmm. So that's what I got from uh, all of it. Well, I, I, I have really enjoyed uh, this conversation because I knew I said, "Well, I just can't wait to get her on because I know <laughs> she's going to have a lot to say." And I'm so glad yeah. you were able to listen to him. And I'm hoping that those I appreciate that get a chance to click on and get a chance to hear his conversation and and also just have a conversation amongst you. You know, if you're listening, audience, have a conversation amongst yourselves because it is right. a topic that we need to talk more about and hopefully. Right we can change, you know, the culture of, you know, the, the culture of our community. And so, Shemitra, yep. I'm going to give you a chance to give a shout-out to anybody out in the listening audience. So go ahead on, ma'am. Well, listen, my African-American community, <laughs> my shout-out is to the African-American community because my thing is the only reason why we feel we can is because mm -hmm. we don't, you know? Yeah. So I would say uh, to my whole entire African-American community, family, friends, people that I don't know, because this topic is, I mean, it goes on in other cultures as well. Don't get me wrong, but that's not my culture. Yeah. Right? Uh, we, we, we have to, uh, so I'm going to just give my shout out to the African-American community because we have room to grow. Like, you know, we have so much room to grow. I particularly, we particularly live in a very small community where everyone knows everyone. 
right? And it's so easy to basically um, keep people in a box and not say that they can grow. You know what I'm saying? Because we feel like we know people so well, you know, and so we feel like strangers treat us better, (laughs) you know, in certain situations. So I just want to give my shout out to the African-American community, uh, the African-American women, and just to understand that, hey, respect it, right? If you feel like uh, a particular African-American man, if he wants to date outside of his race, let him. You're not the woman for him, and he's not the man for you. That's That's it. Don't take it personal, and I would just say to the African-American men, you can date who you want to date. Just don't belittle your own. Don't count us out because African-American women date outside of their race as well. Mm-hmm. They date outside of their race as well. And I just simply say, you. it doesn't matter who that man dates. It doesn't matter who you date. His taste is his taste for one of his reasons. His experience is his experience. That's fine. But as far as for you, if it's a type of man that you want, right, you need to get to know what that man wants. Because you might say, uh-uh, that's a deal breaker for me. I cannot do that. You know? <laughs> and address accordingly. So that's what I... As long as you not do anything to harm yourself or anybody else. Say nobody else. Because... And anybody who cares for you anyway... They're going to be focusing on changing themselves to accommodate the things that you see as a problem and vice versa. You know, if you're around somebody long enough and if you care for someone the way I care for my husband, trust and believe he does not get the April that everybody else gets. You know, <laughs> something I don't like. Because you don't, you don't want to, uh, you know, yeah. inflict. Inflict yeah. harm on someone that you really care for. So it's right. a learning, it's, it's a learning experience. You know, like I said, we've been together for ten years. You know, uh, we're, we work through stuff. That's one yeah. thing that we do. We think we keep, you keep things with, you keep things within your household. You know, you fix things within your household. But it's okay to seek help. Yeah. It is okay it's to okay. seek help. It's okay to it's seek okay. help. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're right. Yeah, it's okay to go to council. Okay, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you again so much for being on Candy Girl Speaks podcast. And yes, thank you. I'm looking so forward to you know seeing how your you know your photography career take off. Your you know I'm working. Um, yeah, I know you talk about um, you know you do you know what is it fashion design fashion design career yes, take off. You know because you yes. are. You know, you are that bo- a Mary Boss lady. You know, we won't put that in there. Uh, hey, hey, man. A Mary <laughs> Boss lady. Yes, so, yes. Um, I'm just, you know, I know you're going to do, you're going to do well. And so um, uh, to my listening audience, thank you again so much for supporting um, Cannon Girl Speaks podcast. Um, continue just to, like I always say, you know, for the last several months, you know, stay safe, you know, social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. Amen. And then saying thank you again, like I said, for listening to Canada Speaks podcast. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you.